<laughs> and with that, let's roll the open. Let's roll the open. And we're back. It's good to be back. <laughs> You're listening to 43 Feet, a podcast about leadership. We believe that real leading happens out front, but that means you're probably building the next 43 feet of good road for those behind you while you're running the race yourself. My name is Frank Schwartz, known in the gloom of the early morning as Dark Helmet to my F3 brothers, and I'm joined each week by Dave Redding, or Dread, one of the co-founders of F3 Nation. We're going to answer your questions, pontificate wildly, teach leadership, and otherwise attempt to help you navigate the next 43 feet. All right, that brings us to the substantive portion of this podcast, yes. which uh, for this week is contentment. Contentment. Which is the pent ultimate cue point in the lead right quadrant. Which is the next to last. Next to last one for those of you following you don't know the dictionary. That's right. Right. <laughs> uh, contentment is the Q3.11 yes. if you're following along on our idiotic numbering system. Which, of course, we hope you are. We hope you are. All right, so uh, the statement for contentment, Franklin, yes. is stability of emotion engendered by the continual pursuit of joy rather than happiness yes three thought-provoking socratics uh, for your edification franklin thank you first what is the difference between happiness and joy like anyone can even know <laughs> second <laughs> uh, i think we'll find out i think what we will. one can know second how does a man learn to govern his emotions third and finally does control over one's environment mm. foster contentment I am provoked. All right. Let's take up that first Thoughtfully. provocative Socratic yes. and say uh, that in response, the spur, the takeaway, if you can remember nothing else, is that joy is the stainless steel of the soul. So, Franklin, yes. uh, what is uh, what is happiness? Well, so happiness then, if, if joy is the stainless steel of the soul, happiness would be like the aluminum of the soul. <laughs> <laughs> don't, uh, don't get the aluminum packs going that. again. Right, so. um, no, but uh, that, that's that sort of uh, that desire for temporary um, comfort, uh, that, uh, a fleeting and, and, and waning, you know, kind of a, a moment of feeling okay, but not necessarily that long lasting peace. Not too bad. Over. Not too bad. Yeah. It's the mere transitory positive feeling governed completely by external circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. That, like, that's well, basically what I said. What he said. You know? <laughs> it's that gooey feeling when you're sitting in front of a fire with warm cocoa on a cold night. Yes. That's, yeah, that's what it is. That's what it but, is. But you know, that's a good feeling. It is a good feeling. Now, happy. is there anything wrong with having that feeling? Nope. nope. Other than it's fleeting, as you it's said. Fle- yeah, that's, it's yeah. fleeting. Yeah. All right. Uh, joy, in contrast, is a permanent state of hopeful satisfaction, unaffected by external circumstance. In other words, it don't matter whether you got cocoa or not. Yeah. You're still maintaining joy. Yeah. You right? outside? You outside. Is there, is there a it's hot cold. fire? That's right. Nope. You're doing your elephant what? walking in a stream in Toledo <laughs> on a cold day. Still the same, right? Now, a hymn, High Impact Man, accelerates his contentment by consistently pursuing joy rather than happiness, right? Yes. He ain't searching for the hot cocoa. You know, he's searching no. for the permanent thing. If the cocoa comes, great. That's fine. That's like uh, sprinkles or something. That's right. But, right. but what he's looking for is deeper than that. That's right. Now, joy is the fruit of the hymn's enduring devotion to getting right. You know, that's what he gets out of it and staying that way through the DRP. Mm-hmm. That brings him joy. All right. And it doesn't it doesn't require anything external to him other than the relational relational rhythm, mm-hmm. you know, that he has in his and his concentrica and with his creator. But that's something that he has been intentional about creating right. and working on rather than something that just sort of happened that's to right. him while he was there. Right. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's withstands it's unaffected by bad weather you yeah, know, yeah. physical ailments financial downturns all that stuff that's why we call it the stainless steel mm-hmm. and stole mm-hmm. right it's that stern stuff it's in the stout heart of the hymn who's fully committed man to leading his group 
You know, he just keeps driving on and driving on and driving on through every obstacle, mm-hmm. every impediment. Nothing stops his movement. Uh, his joy is his foundation. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, um, that's why if you're a reader of the book of Acts, you know, after the Paul gets shipwrecked, you know, uh, he's the he's a prisoner right? mm-hmm. he's on this prison ship. And the uh, ultimately he takes charge. He becomes the leader of it. And he keeps everybody together. Mm-hmm. You know, he tells the centurion to cut away the boats because the sailors want to escape. He convinces the men to drive on, even though they look like they're getting dashed upon the rocks. Uh, he gets them to gather wood to, to build a fire when they make it to, to the ground. Mm-hmm. He gets bitten by a snake, comes out of the wood pile, and, and lives. Uh, and All pretty know, significant all, things that could have damaged his happiness and or joy. <laughs> and, of course, you know, Paul's the guy who says, you know, that uh, he's, he's learned the secret of contentment. Regardless mm. of circumstance, mm-hmm. so he'll write. You know, he wrote these wonderful epistles while handcuffed to a, a, a prison guard, <laughs> right? You know, in a dank prison. Yeah. You know, he's like yeah. writing all this stuff. If anybody joy. was justified uh, in not being joyful, that's right. That guy. That's right. So, yeah. when we talk about contentment. That eternal peace. Yeah. Right. Because you're you're after joy, man. You ain't after happiness. Uh, I would say that a joyful man looks more or less the same. In victory and defeat, because mm-hmm. he's looking past the immediate. Well, because and and I think we talk about this in there too. But uh, being being that focused on mission helps you look past any of the little stuff that happens sure. on the way to get there. Right. It's funny. Uh, Sunday morning, mm-hmm. it's raining. It was nasty, and we we're kind of waiting around. We did. Yeah, yeah. Usually, if you ever done a go ruck, you know that uh, we stop about sunrise and have a couple of guys just. You know, give a devotional, whatever they say, yeah. whatever they want, right? Yeah, share a few thoughts. You know, and, and a couple of guys got up there and just gave these heartwarming testimonials to the impact that F3 has had on their lives. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, because I'm the idiot who was there, one of the idiots there when it was started, I get to be, I get, I get to be the focal point of some of that. Yeah. You know, they don't know it's undeserved, you know, because... It, it just is, and you know how I feel about that. I do. But you know, th- this time when it happened, I was like, I wasn't all feeling all that great physically, even though oh, I was yeah. cadran. You well, know, it's, and, it's uh, deep in, foot hurts, you know, whatever. Foot it's was still cold, throbbing. You know, yeah. I was like, uh, well, I, I was kind of bummed that I'm not fit, you know, and all this stuff. And then these guys said what they said, and it's just, you know, I'm like, <laughs> joy, baby. Yeah. You know, and I was really faking it on the outside at that moment. Yeah. What I mean was. I was content. I wasn't happy. Let's put it that yeah. way. Actually, yeah. now that I've said that, makes yeah, perfect I was, sense. I was joyful. Yeah, you were joyful. Yeah, I, you I, were I okay. wasn't happy. I was cold, wet, tired. <laughs> yeah, you may not have been carrying all the weight that we were, whatever. Yeah, you we, walked uh, us as far. I had a big rash. Had, yeah, I mean, there was a <laughs> wah. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's take us to the second spur, which all is right. rough skies make good pilots. All right. Yes. So the way you get that way. The way you get to the point where you're sitting in a Turkish prison writing love letters <laughs> to your wife. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You knew what I meant. The way you do that is uh, through durability. Yeah. Now, you know, durability is the physical and emotional toughness that's fostered through deliberate exposure to hardship and chaos. Mm-hmm. Hardship being pain, unwanted mm-hmm. outcome and all that chaos being lack of control. Yes. Pain, you know, hardship and chaos. Nobody wants those things. But you, if you deliberately subject yourself to them and push through them, you will become durable. Now, durable is not resilience. Resilience means you just get back up again. 
The right. durable means you don't that's, get knocked down in the first place. That's your chumbawamba instinct. That's your chumbawamba-wing, yeah. you know, which yeah. is fine. <laughs> but if you keep getting knocked down, after a while, you just ain't going to be able to get back up again, no matter yeah. how, you know, how joyful you are. Right. Durability allows you to drive on. Right. It's physical and emotional toughness. Because you ain't going to get knocked down in the first place. That's right. Yeah. Now, we do this in F3. It's a big part of F3. That's why every workout should be a little chunk mm-hmm. of... Uh, obstacle, a little chunk of hardship because mm-hmm. it's painful, it's early, you know. So that's why some guy, newbie or whatever, FNG says, well, you know, if you guys would do this at nine, it would be better. I'm like, no, it wouldn't, but I know why you're saying that. Yeah, Because <laughs> you don't understand <laughs> yet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It you feels like it would be. Right. You but that would be happiness. Yeah. You don't understand that, yeah. right? It's not supposed to be easy. Right. It's supposed to be a little chunk of pain and chaos every day. Well, this would be better if we had a list of everything we're going to do. No, nah, I'm going to have to have some chaos, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to not know right. what's happening. When are we, where exactly are we going? When are we going to be back? You'll see. Uh, what if, what if I'm paying along the way? That's good. Ca- good. Chaos is good. Yeah. Right. When you survive through chaos, you realize, no, I actually didn't need to know. Right. I made Everything. it. Everything's you fine. Know, just take one step in front but it's, of the it's, right? it's manageable doses, right? Right. I mean, you know, 45 minutes. Right. I only have to survive this for 45 minutes. 45 minutes a day out of your 16 waking hours, you know, and not you'll accelerate deal. your durability. Now, you, <clears throat> every once in a while we do a CSAP, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, really condensing a whole lot of pain and chaos into one. Right. Right. You know, right. Yeah. One chunk. Especially depending on which one it is. Right. And that will accelerate your durability even at a faster pace, which is the whole point of Grow Rock. Mm-hmm. And if you do it in the conjunction with other men, then your relationships become durable. Yeah. And yeah. you form trust. So, and that definitely happens because there's guys, you know, every absolutely. time I do this that you walk through the dirt with and you go. Right. Man, I love that guy forever. That's just the whole point yeah. of this of this exercise, why we do it. Now, if you looked at it, if we wrote it all down and said, this is what we're going to do, and you've never been through this, you might look at it and go, I don't understand what you guys are doing. But if you go through it, you probably would. Mm-hmm. And and most guys seem to. Um, and so that's why we do it. And hopefully, you know, we're getting better at how we do it. Now, all of this is completely countercultural to the way Goo sees things. Uh, yes. Since, you know, Goo is the philosophy of universal happiness and right. Goo Nation is the portion of the country whose uh, practitioners of Goo also use it as a form of governance. Yes. Right. So and no, they scream and yell and tell us that we shouldn't right. do the things that we're doing. Nobody because, should ever be yeah. unhappy. Nobody should be triggered. Well, nobody should ever have to be shamed. Right. There's a couple ways to overcome or to be past an obstacle, right? You can either A, come to the obstacle, attack it overcome right. it and move forward. Right. Or you can just have someone take that out of your way right. for you. You know, the, the watchword of Goo Nation is personal comfort, right? Yes. Avoidance yeah. of emotional and physical hardship, right? Yeah. So for a, you know, a hardcore Gooist, right? He thinks that depriving a child of full hydration for even a, a minute mm-hmm. or unadulterated affirmation for just a little bit of time, right? Those are cultural sins of the highest order. Oh, yes. You know, these kids aren't running around with water bottles and just compliments. You know, yeah. uh, he's thirsty. When was the last time you affirmed him? I'm like, right. It's, that's good for him, man. It's good to be a little parched both physically right. and emotionally. Just once in a while makes you more durable, right? So they think that these, these are horrible things. But really what they're doing in shielding themselves and their children from hardship and chaos, what they've done is they've created undurable people who need a constant flow of emotional warm cocoa just to stay happy. <laughs> but dad, there's and, no fire. And you know, that's the deal with happiness making things. Yeah. Your desire for them to get to happy always increases. So if today it's a cup of cocoa, tomorrow it's a cup and a half. Right. It, it's, it well, never ends. And that's the problem, you know, that we see a lot with, you know, the, this uh, addiction to technology and the, all the different things. Sure. Like I see the difference between my kids and other kids because we just, we, uh, you know, 
attach right. ourselves to a lot of these kinds of philosophies and thinking. And, uh, and it, it becomes pretty obvious after a while, like who's durable and who's not. That's right. So seeking happiness in this way all the time and structuring the governance around it, what that really ends up happening, net effect, is you render the members of such groups completely incapable of either happiness or joy. Yeah. Because yeah. you can never give them enough to make them happy. Mm-mm. Right? No, there's and no And because way. they haven't been seeking joy, they don't even understand what it is. Yeah, we'll recognize it if it does come. That's right. Yeah. And there's a word for that. It's called being spoiled. Sorry. <laughs> it really is. By the way, if that hurt your feelings just now, good. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I just, and maybe this is, I just cannot stand to hear people criticize America as, and it, not an institution, but as a movement. In other words, to criticize individual Americans that have failed mm-hmm. to do the right thing is fine. We should self-criticize sure. and, and hold our leaders accountable. But to say that America is bad for the world or responsible, that ain't true. Mm-mm. And people are dying to get in here. And all the fences are pointed outward. Yeah. You know, there ain't another country in the world building a fence and trying to make us pay for it to keep us out. Right. You know, people want to come here. And the people that are here who can't appreciate it, I think goo has turned them into happiness junkies. Yeah. Mainlining on happiness. Mm-hmm. You know? And and once you do that, you become so addicted to it that it takes so much to get your high mm-hmm. that you just can't get it. Well, and, and, and you know, we talk about it, or I talk about it with my kids, it's uh, or even other people a lot of times about, this is, this is Twinkie philosophy, right? It right. tastes amazing, right? right? And it has, but it has zero nutritional value. It gives you nothing that will give you fuel or last you any past, you know, the three minutes past you ate it. Right. You know, right. and so you go, well, but it tasted so delicious. And so you just keep cramming that stuff in there. Then you wonder why we have, and so emotionally it's the same thing. Right. So, you know, that's what Goo Nation does by turning away from hardship and chaos, trying to protect people, make them happy all the time. Creates happiness junkies, right? Mm-hmm. But also creates groups that could never develop virtuous leaders, never be able to do it, right? Mm-hmm. That can lead them to advantage. I mean, they, they, how, how could they be, right? Think about it. Would you want to get on a plane with a pilot that's never been in a rough sky before? Has only flown through perfect weather, you know, I mean. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, I feel like when I've got clients, new clients or whatever, and they're like, oh, what could happen, what could happen? A lot of times, just tell them stories. Sure. Of things that went wrong, you know, but then, right. you know, we and how people it. live. That's right. Yeah. You know, you just say, you know, in the army we call them, there I was stories. There I was surrounded by uh, <laughs> empty cartridges and, and you know, hangar name clips and all this stuff. Because you're, yeah. like, you're telling yeah. a story. And how, what did you do? Well, this is what we did. This is how we got through it. Yeah. You know, because I'm a, I'm a good pilot because I've been flying through the rough skies. Yeah. You know, I mean, there I was, but this is what I did. This is what I learned from it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, why would you ever take advice from a guy that's like, you know what? Life's just been perfect for me. Right. Never had a single hardship in my life. The next one's going to be my first one. Right. Well, you might be a fun guy to hang out with, but you're not going to be Maybe. much use in periods of limited visibility, right? And uh, yeah. chaos and stress, man, because you're going to crumble. Never take advice from a guy you wouldn't switch places with. That's a good point, man. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the last spur, which is preparedness trumps control. Every time every time all right here's some truth for you my yes, franklin friend i'm ready the rain of adversity falls upon the good and the bad alike i've noticed that it just does <laughs> man it just does uh you know because it invokes hardship right mm-hmm. the happiness seeker seeks uh the challenge sees the challenge of adversity negatively like you know this is the whole let's go back to your boy uh jocko 
Good, good, good. good. That's right. he sees you fell on the steps. That's good. that's his point. Yeah, it's his point. It's a great point. He sees adversity, po- po- you know, positively, mm-hmm. right? Um, because you know he's not saying how could bad things happen to good people. No, that's what that's what the control no, seeker, right? He's just getting prepared for it, right? Right? He's he's getting prepared for it. That's what makes him a durable guy. That's how that's how a joy seeker sees it. He sees challenges in a positive light as an opportunity to become more durable. Suffers a little bit, gains a little strength. He grows, but because he overcomes challenges. Uh-huh. Right. So the decision about how you're going to respond to adversity, either positively or negatively, that has to be done beforehand. Yes. You have to decide. Right. To be prepared I, for it. in that moment. Right. Left to yourself, you're just going to get all. It's going to be tough. Right. Happiness seekers and amateur man. Yeah. He's going to try to control the situation. And when he can't, then he becomes... He's going to yell and scream happen. about guys getting information. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Preparer, he's just like, you know, this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Sometime during the night of a grow ruck, you know you're going to end up carrying your buddy. It's just the way it is. Just the way it is. Can't be yep. avoided. This is what we do. It's usually going to be right at the end when everybody's yep. like, oh, I'm going to be done. And you're just going to be the biggest guy you can get your hands on. <laughs> That's right. And uh, we had a guy who weighed 270. Oh, gosh. He's Every bit of that. First guy he killed, right? Yep. Uh, now, this difference in the amateur and the pro, the pro being the guy who prepares and the amateur being the guy who sees control, uh, is also reflected on how these two kind of people uh, challenge, relate to challenging people, right? So, take, so it's like a challenging guy, toxic, whatever. Mm-hmm. The pro maintain, maintains a relational rhythm with the people in his concentrica by getting ready for the behavior that he knows is going to be there. Right. right, it's coming. If your you know wife gets stressed out under certain situations, you know it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. If let me say a family member that's challenged in some way, you know it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it's going to happen, so you just get prepared for it. Right. You know he knows that this is just how they are. There's challenging aspects from his character. They arise from his individual traits and backgrounds. Right. Right. He stays ready for their unexpected behavioral incident. Incident. <laughs> Idiosyncrasy. Yes. Sorry. No, no. Can't even talk today. Um, he, that's how he does. That's how he yeah. does, right? And yeah. that's what makes him a joy-seeking pro. And that's, uh, so. What, not to get far off in the weeds or anything, but when I was a kid, right, my dad's very, uh, you know, he just, he was not a pro, right? So everything was, you never really knew what you were going to get. You never knew how quite how he was going to react to certain things at different times and whatever it might be, right? And so you kind of grow up with that. And then now, having having grown through that and then, you know, getting some better mentoring from some better leaders and things like that, it's funny because I look now and, like, my kids uh, or my wife, I start to see signs of, mm, things are moving in a certain way and stress is coming. And I usually, at that point, I, I pull a, you know, I pull a captain of the airplane and I go, you know, in my captainly voice, uh, we're gonna, you know, <laughs> right. we're gonna cruise up about two thousand feet, you know, whatever it is. Right. But I'll tell them, say, hey, just uh, I'm noticing a couple of patterns here, and I'm worried that it may lead to this. So why don't we try and head this off at the pass? Yeah, right. And we you just know it's it, coming, right? Yeah, you may as well just deal right. with it. Or if you if you know you can't head it off at the pass, you've got to deal with the inevitability of of it happening. Okay, but now you know. That's because, because you're, you're, uh, you're a joy-seeking pro, Franklin. Yeah. Well, we're trying. Right. Trying, you know, you're you not going to shy away from challenging people because you know that this is how they are. Right. You know, that somebody disagrees with you, right? You're not going to you're not going to try to control them. See, that's what the no. amateur does. Yeah. It's like, why won't you act this certain way? Yeah. Well, you must agree with me. You know, because this challenging dude in your concentrica, whomever he is or she is, won't. Mm-hmm. You you can't direct their behavior. Right. Right. So you have to deal with how they are by getting yourself prepared to do it right mm-hmm. and being joyful and being contented in that yeah you know and i i, I mean you can kind of see 
this is how people, you know, you can kind of see who somebody is, what kind of leader yeah. they are, what kind of person they are, yeah. like how they react to challenging people. They get all flustered, worked up. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, or, and they try to control them. Let's make more rules. Let's put up some signs. <laughs> do, do you brush your teeth or not? Right. Yeah. And I'll say, I know I've said it before. I'll say it because it arises in the situation. If you're putting a sign on your lawn that says, haters not welcome, you have to agree with what I say, then right. you're an amateur, man. Yeah. No, you should want that dude right up on your lawn bitching and whining talking about who he hates and all that stuff so you can persuade him otherwise it's like this man the weather the economy behavior and ideas of other people man they move and flow dynamically right yes. you can't control them trying yes. to control them is like playing a giant game of whack-a-mole in a hockey rink <laughs> which is a visual level. yeah, with, yeah you know not great, even with a hammer you got a yeah. palm frond right, right? Even that's, better. that's yeah. all you even got better. all you're doing is going to waste yeah. waste waste time waste energy and all that yeah. stuff right better off being a pro in rhythm and taking down your no haters sign and saying you know what there's haters man yeah like they're human beings mm-hmm. and the good lord made them that way for whatever reason something might have happened to them and you just need to forgive them and try to help them get over the hate yeah right yeah and you can't do that if you got a freaking sign in your yard that says don't come here yeah not i'm not i'm not entertaining any other view not listening to haters if you don't agree with me 100 right. i am not interested in what you now and i know i've said it before i'll say it again by god haters get in my yard that's right <laughs> come up in my yard that's right and, and tell say me, some and things give me give me something to work with by telling me something dumb that i can persuade you otherwise. <laughs> because you know franklin i'm really good at it i've noticed that and i'm really good at it because i've been doing it for a long time yeah and if you're afraid to do it, then that's why you have that sign out. Well, can I throw something out there that... You, know, uh, you need to just go ahead and throw it. I will. I'm throwing I'm it. I'm fired up. Throw it. But you know something? Part of the reason you're good at it, yes, you've practiced. You've had an inordinate number of hours in the courtroom and in life and whatever doing the persuasion. But you know what? And, and some of it is you're kind of just a, a little bit of a guy who's uh, has been known in times past to be a little bit uh, bullheaded. Right? Yeah, what? So you hold on to, you know, but you were persuadable, but sure. But, you know, you're very firm in your conviction, I guess is the right way to say that. But you know what I believe is, and I think this is true of every man. Yes, be persuadable. Yes, be open. But by golly, look for the truth and be right, you know, or at least be sure. If you can't be right, at least be sure. Is that fair? That's fair and good. You know what, Frank? What? I got trouble on my left. Do you? I got trouble on my right. Oh, no. I've been facing trouble almost all my life. But you know, Franklin? What's that? Won't you pull me through, bro? <laughs> yeah, I will. As always, you got to face for radio. <laughs> As always, this is a podcast. It is. It is. <laughs> trouble on my left, trouble on my right. I've been facing trouble almost all my life. My sweet love, won't you pull me through? Thanks for listening to 43 Feet, a leadership podcast. If you have questions about leadership, F3, or anything else, write us at questions at 43feetpodcast.com. Until next time, we'll be here in the unknown, the uncomfortable, the difficult, the 43 feet out front. Will it come to pass? Or will I pass the test? You know what they say, yeah. Any place, any time Got so much to learn